Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. This week's guests are Adriana Espinosa and Margaret Lafar from the New York Department of Environmental Conservation, or DEC for short. We discuss New York's Community Air Monitoring Initiative, the impact of emissions on local communities, and the best ways for the public to get involved. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Adriana, Margaret, and myself here on In Touch. In Touch is nothing without the support from the hundreds of listeners we get on a weekly basis. Thank you so much for listening and taking part in the conversation. If you listen to In Touch through a podcast service such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a positive review. With more five-star reviews on these platforms, the algorithms will work harder to promote our show and bring In Touch to new audiences. That and also sharing In Touch with your friends and family is so important. Just sharing our links and listening live each Sunday goes a long way. Thank you for all you do to stay in touch with what's going on in the Hudson Valley. Hello, Hudson Valley. You're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We got a great episode here for you today. We're going to be talking with the DEC, New York Department of Environmental Conservation. And with us today, we have Adriana Espinoza, DEC Deputy Commissioner of Equity and Justice, and Margaret Lafar, DEC Assistant Director of Division of Air Resources. Adriana and Margaret, thank you for being here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. No, it's really great to have you on here. And as I was saying before we got onto the mic, how our um, other producer, Patty, has been so excited about having you guys on. This is a big deal for her and it's a big deal for me. So thank you for being here today. I think the best way to intro into this episode, for those who are unfamiliar with the DEC, could one of you guys or both uh, please explain what the DEC is and its role in the community? Sure, I'm happy to to take that one. So uh, DEC is the state's environmental conservation agency. We are a statewide agency. We have regional offices all over the state, approximately 3,000 employees, over 24 different divisions, including uh, the Division of of Air Resources, uh, where where Margaret is, the Office of Climate Change. We have the Office of Environmental Justice and many, many more. We go back to 1970 and are focused on conservation, improving and protecting New York's natural resources and environment to prevent, abate, and control water, land, and air pollution to make sure we're enhancing health and safety and the welfare of all New Yorkers. There are efforts range from environmental quality to public health, economic disparities, social well-being, including environmental justice, and, and empowering individuals to participate in environmental decisions that affect their everyday lives. So our portfolio is is very broad um, and, and deep, but essentially we are here for New Yorkers, for their well-being, and for our natural resources that we care so much about. No, that's really great to be able to hear. What a great portfolio, as you said, long legacy here. As broad as everything is, today we're going to be really focusing on air specifically. What really brought us here is I saw a press release about the Community Air Monitoring Initiative, and I thought it was a terrific, terrific topic to bring up to our in-touch listeners. That's what we'll be focusing on today for those listening here. Let's get into that a little bit, the Community Air Monitoring Initiative that's going on all across New York. Uh, Could one of you guys step in and tell us what exactly the Community Air Monitoring Initiative is? 
Sure, I'll take that one. So in July, under Governor Hochul's leadership, DEC launched the statewide community mobile air monitoring initiative. It's the largest in the state and one of the largest in the country. This program is mapping air pollution at the community level. At its core, it's tackling these issues in 10 disadvantaged communities across the state. Our contractor, ACOMA, is using their mobile monitoring fleet to collect hyperlocal data, which will drive solutions to reduce greenhouse gases and other harmful pollutants, which will protect public health. And it's critical to developing strategies to achieve the goals of New York's Climate Act. ACOMA's vehicles drive along uh, predetermined routes with evidence of high air pollution burden in these communities to collect data that we're analyzing. The boundaries for the monitoring in each area were determined using community input and the current understanding of air pollution sources. The initiative includes $3 million in state funding for community air monitoring grants and funding for community-led monitoring as well. Uh, Approximately $11 million in total is going towards the air monitoring initiative. New York is putting climate justice front and center with the Climate Act, requiring the state to invest 35% with a goal of at least 40% of overall spending on clean energy and energy efficiency programs in disadvantaged communities. So pretty big undertaking. Absolutely, such a big undertaking, but it's really great to see that that is being prioritized here in New York and to have such a great focus on. Now you said that there's these vehicles that go around and assess everything and take it all in. Do you know specifically like how that data is drawn? Like how can they tell as they're driving around How do they collect all their data that way? Sure. So there are sensors in these uh, vehicles that collect the data, you know, second by second. What happens with that is uh, it really takes a full year of data to put that together and, and do some analysis to provide an estimate for an annual concentration at each location. You know, we are able to see the preliminary data, but it's really going to take a full year before that data is analyzed and can be used to help us identify sources that we can figure out strategies to control the emissions. Very interesting. Like that. Now, when it comes to the things that is specifically monitoring, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of more the mobile side of things, kind of uh, like cars, trucks, commercial vehicles. Uh, is it looking into anything else outside of that? Am I am I looking at it at a too narrow of a view? So, you know, certainly mobile emission sources are a big source of air pollution, but this monitoring and and any monitoring will pick up sources of air pollution from all types of sources that are either permitted, some that are not necessarily permitted, but can still generate pollution. So it will give us a good overview of where there are sources nearby that we might need to take a harder look at. Oh, that's really good to hear about. I I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, you said it will take some time to be able to really bring this all together, at least a year's time to be able to really analyze what's going on here. At this time, can you say, is there a specific end goal that you are looking for with this initiative? The Climate Act actually requires that we work with the communities to develop strategies for reducing pollution in these communities. So that is our end goal, is Mm -hmm. to work 
with communities, I, I think that's one of the great parts of this initiative is that we're really going to work with the communities on developing these strategies. They know, as we've said in our at many of our presentations, they know their communities best. So we're really working with them and looking for their feedback to help us identify sources that are picked up by this monitoring. And as the monitoring is taking place, we are we are taking a look at the data and trying to kind of track some hot spots. You know, we we can't necessarily talk about the quantitative results at this point, but qualitative we can see areas that are having repeated hits of higher values than other areas. So those areas we're, we're taking a, a harder look at and we are identifying those in our public meetings. One of our previous guests here on InTouch has an exciting new event coming up promoting education and social interaction. The Marist College Center for Lifetime Study is inviting the community to come to its open day information session on March 8th at the Locust Grove Estate on Route 9 in Poughkeepsie. The event is open to adults age 55 and above who might be interested in their educational and social programs. The Center for Lifetime Study is an organization that has served the adult community for 30 years. Its purpose is to allow seniors to maintain meaningful social and collegial experiences through lifetime learning, travel, and discussion. Course offerings range from science, social sciences, arts, and exploration of individual hobbies and experiences. These are taught by college faculty as well as their own members. Again, they will host an open house with refreshments and info on their programs on the morning of March 8th, 2023 at the Locust Grove Estate. Admission is free, but reservations are required at least five days before the event. The CLS website is maris.edu slash professional dash program slash CLS. For more information about the event or to register for the open house, contact the CLS office at mc.cls at maris.edu or by phone at 845-575-3902. Again, you're listening to In Touch Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We are speaking with Adriana Espinoza and Margaret Lafar with the DEC. Specifically, we are going into the community air monitoring initiative. We've been talking about how the initiative is taking in all of its data and assessing things. But one of the last things that Margaret was just uh, speaking about was how the end goal is to really work with the community, listen to the community and be able to work alongside them to make the changes that are necessary. And that segues in beautifully into what I really wanted to focus on next. You guys are having a lot of different forums and opportunities for the community to get into everything. And you started doing a number of Zoom things. I've noticed um, probably some in-person stuff as well, correct? Tell us about these forums and explain a little more in depth about the purpose of them. Sure. So we started very early on in this process of, of doing community engagement. The first thing that um, that Margaret's team did was look at the existing data on air quality in these disadvantaged communities to understand what is where do we think the hot spots are for the air pollution burden? And then we took those into uh, virtual meetings with stakeholders in each community and showed them this data and worked with them to identify sensitive populations, sources or activities that they're concerned about, and use that to sort of finalize the boundaries of where we're doing this study. 
And then since then, we have started to have update meetings, which we in these update meetings where we are reporting back to the community on, you know, where we are with the after the one quarter of data collection. So as Margaret mentioned earlier, it's very preliminary data because each data point is a snapshot in time in one location for one yeah. second. We really need lots of data to understand quantitatively what we're seeing here, but we want to make sure the communities every step of the way are hearing what, what we're seeing and can can be, can partner with us on uh, developing solutions. And what I'm working on now is establishing uh, community advisory committees in mm -hmm. each of these areas. So that way we have early partnerships with these stakeholders. So by the time we get to the solutions part of this work, you know, they're familiar with the data, they're familiar with DEC, and they're ready to roll up their sleeves with us to, to really mitigate any concerns that we find through the study. That's great to have that familiarity already this early in the process. Now, one thing that I realized that I neglected to ask, what are the specific communities that are being focused on here? Because there might be community members out there who don't even realize this is going on in their community, but now hearing this might want to get involved. Sure. So statewide, we've got 10 communities, Bronx, Brooklyn, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, Tonawanda, the Capital Region, Hempstead, Newcastle, Roosevelt, Uniondale, Westbury, it's um, sections of each of those. Manhattan, Mount Vernon, Yonkers, New Rochelle, which is closest to you. Queens, Rochester, and Syracuse. Fantastic. Uh, I appreciate that. Sorry, I realized that we didn't uh, get that in a little earlier, but that's fantastic. And it's been good that you guys have been getting out there and looking into these communities, all these stakeholders. I'm curious, Is it, um, and it's fine if it's too early to say anything, but what kind of input have you received from these communities so far in regards to the initiative? We actually we've heard lots uh, from the community. It's it's been really helpful. Um, community members from New Rochelle, for example, asked that uh, disadvantaged communities uh, census tracts with high air pollution burdens around Interstate 95 be added into the study boundaries before we even mm. started. And so that there was also concerns expressed about the proximity of residents to the interstate, the large number of automobile services like repair shops and auto body shops um, along the interstate. Uh, we've also received community comments about local air quality concerns, um, about things like rail yards, truck traffic, mm -hmm. waste transfer stations, heavy traffic, um, on and off ramps, highways near playgrounds and apartment buildings, landfills, incinerators, peaker plants. I mean, we've heard a lot from from communities, and and we it was great to have that outreach in the beginning. That way, Margaret and her team can then take that community um, knowledge and use that to form our study boundaries. That's terrific to be able to get such engagement such so early on in all this, but to it, it just goes to show you how important this is to the community and how engaged they are and ready to get into this. And that's really inspiring to hear. So like in what ways can these communities take part in this initiative at this point? Obviously, they've given a number of great uh, suggestions on things to look into, but like what can they do specifically to feel a part of this? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, we encourage residents to join our meetings and to participate in the discussion by learning more about the initiative in their community. You're able to ask questions um, and become more involved in the process alongside state and other local local partners. Um, I can let Margaret chime in. I think we have you know an email address or a website set up there that we can share with your listeners to learn more information. But these quarterly meetings uh, that or these meetings that we're having to report on each order of data. They're open to the public. They're available on Zoom. You can also just call in and listen on your cell phone if you want to multitask uh, during the meeting. They're they're open to everyone and we encourage you to, to attend, but we really would love you to get involved. And if you want to do more than just listen in on these update public update meetings, if you're interested in, you know, rolling up your sleeves and partnering with the state on this, we encourage you to shoot us an email and let us know. And we're like I said, we're trying to establish these community advisory committees in each of the in each of these areas. Um, and if you're interested in joining that, shoot us an email and we're happy to have have your participation. That's terrific. Margaret, do you have something to add on with that? The URL for our landing page uh, for this initiative is www.dec.ny.gov slash chemical slash 125320.html. And probably the easiest way to do that is just go to DEP's DEC's main page and do a search for the statewide monitoring initiative and that should bring you to the right page. That's terrific and of course for those listening all the links uh, emails and whatnot will be accessible and available in the description of this episode whether you find it on the in touch tab or you're uh, listening on a podcast it's going to be in the description we have that all set for you. In the last month alone, we had some incredible guests here on In Touch. We started off February with a conversation with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Denny Lane. Denny Lane, who is best known as a founding member of both the Moody Blues and Wings with Paul McCartney, talked to us about his Songs and Stories tour ahead of his performance at City Winery. After that, we had Evan Mack, who's considered one of the most gifted composers of his generation by industry insiders and has published several successful operas. We talked about he is using his organization, We Are Instrumental, to provide musical instruments to schools in need of supplies and funding. Then just last week, we had the return of Meg Boyce from the Alzheimer's Association in to talk about the super chill event, Sub-Zero Heroes, which is a charity event and challenge to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. Meg and I discussed the event at Berrien Lake where people plunge into the freezing water and support one another for a great cause. Again, that's just from this month alone. We are so grateful to our guests, and we hope that you take a chance to check them out. If you have an important issue or story that needs to get out to the community, don't hesitate to reach out to Connor.Walsh at townsquaremedia.com. That or call us at 845-471-1500. You're listening to In Touch, Townsquare Media, the Hudson Valley's Public Affairs and Issues Program. We are speaking with Adriana Espinoza and Margaret Lafar with DEC, specifically going into the Community Air Monitoring Initiative. We've been talking a lot about how the DEC has been working uh, to collect the data and now how it's looking to have the public outreach of getting the information out to the public, but also getting the public involved. And as we close things up, the best thing that I can ask at this moment is how can residents work to cut down on their emissions and take better care of the air as this initiative is still ongoing? 
There are many things you can do, uh, both big and small, to help reduce uh, emissions, improve air quality, and combat climate change. Uh, that includes everyday sustainability options, uh, such as composting your food scraps, recycling um, products, using environmentally friendly items, like remembering to bring a reusable bottle, reusable uh, utensils and a lunchbox. So there are lots of things that, that you can do. I, I will also acknowledge that for this initiative, these are in disadvantaged communities, right? These are communities that we identified have a, a high pollution burning existing already. And, and sometimes there are sources of air pollution there that are not there by the fault of the community residents themselves. And so that's why we're doing this initiative to help really clean up the air and provide quality, a better quality of life for all New Yorkers. Beautiful. Margaret, care to add on? In general, being energy efficient. It, you know, turning off the lights, things, it's simple things like that, but just reducing your, your energy usage. There, there are many ways to do that through more efficient vehicles or even electric vehicles, um, heat pumps and things like that. But in these communities, th those strategies could be difficult. So it, mm. it takes all of us to reduce our, our impact. And it's at the personal level, but also at higher levels. Um, but whatever you can, public transportation is a great option as well. Vehicles are one of the biggest sources of air pollution uh, and so limiting the the use there and or switching to electric when you can is always a, a fantastic option we need Perfect. all of the above to, to yes. fight climate change right individual yes. action and structural change and and dec is committed to both Perfect. I, absolutely. And I think it's a great way to be able to engage the community in all this. Really appreciate your time on everything. Uh, Adriana, Margaret, thank you so much. Uh, again, you can find all the information in the description of this episode. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Adriana and Margaret. For more information on the Community Air Monitoring Initiative, visit the DEC website. Of course, all links and information can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you to everyone who's listened to In Touch in 2022 and now into 2023. Last year saw a lot of growth for this program, and we expect even more to come in 2023. You can find In Touch episodes, new and old, on your favorite streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. That and listen on demand with your Town Square radio station mobile app. Of course, you can still find all articles and audio under the InTouch tab on this radio station's app and website. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at InTouch underscore HV. We're booking guest spots for In Touch. We have a whole year ahead of us still. We are only two months down. Whether you have a topic you want discussed or you want to be a guest, the best way to contact us is through our office number, 845-471-1500, or email direct to connor.walsh at townsquaremedia.com. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always, I'm glad we get to spend some time. And now for a preview of our next episode here on In Touch, airing Sunday, March 5th, with Peter Knapschik of Weather on the Way.
Hello, Hudson Valley. This is Connor Walsh, host of In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. This week's guest is Peter Knapschik, founder of the weather and travel app Weather on the Way. Regarded as the most advanced road conditions app, Weather on the Way allows users to know everything about the weather conditions at any point on their route in real time. Listen on air or online. Stay in touch by going to the In Touch and listen on demand tabs on this station's website.